Emily and I got a call from Pastor Drew. So Drew's my boss. He's the state director of Kyle from the state. And he called and just said, hey, man, would you think about coming back and being the campus pastors? And at the time, I was 21. So I'm thinking, so you want me to lead other college students pretty much? It's like, all right, if you want me to come. So I prayed about it. It took about a day, and we knew that that's what God wanted us to do. And we returned just this last August. So, so when we got here, there's about you know, 20 students or so, and we were just believing that God would kind of revitalize it. And this last fall, God did the, just the incredible as 60 to 70 students showed up every week, and 22 students this year have gotten baptized in water. That's incredible. God is on, yeah, let's give God a clap. Over 30 have given their hearts to the Lord on a Thursday night, which granted some people give their hearts to the Lord like multiple times, so it might only be like 20, but you know, we'll say 30. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this year has been incredible. And, and to give a state of Chi Alpha, so you, or so you know the president does the state of the union, so I'm going to do a quick state of Chi Alpha, okay? Chi Alpha is in a good place. God is doing incredible things. We're outgrowing our current space. And we're launching this fall with 10 small groups. Now, okay, that's crazy because that's like a third of the students in here are going to be leading a small group. But we believe that to reach this campus, we have to make or continue to make room for more people. And if we only have four small groups, that's not very many for this group of people. So, so we're believing with 10 small groups that as a group we can meet or just go out and reach more and more people. Because I believe each small group can reach 10 people. So that's 100 people right there. So that's not even enough. This room sees 850 people. And I ain't stop until it's filled, all right? That's my heart. So, yeah, so this fall we'll launch with 10 small groups and 21 small group leaders. But here's the thing. We're just getting started, and I believe that the best is still yet to come. This year has been incredible. I'm looking out and seeing many of you who gave your heart to the Lord this year and got water baptized. That's incredible, but it's not stopping with us. We're not going to get inward focus. We're going to keep, keep reaching out for more people because we believe that God loves every single student on this campus all 12,000 of them. And I believe each of us have a part to play in this. So many of us here have been a part of this story, and some of you are new for the first time. So no matter what your background is or what your background is with Chi Alpha, I think God's calling each of us to be part of his story on this campus. To not just come here, go to school for four years, get a degree, go crazy on the weekends, and go out and work, get married, have a couple kids, and then die. I don't think that's what God calls us to do. I think God is calling us to make the most of every moment. And I believe God is calling us to make the most of every moment on this campus. God wants to move mountains on our campus, and he's calling each of us to be part of that. God has huge plans. God has gigantic plans for our campus. He loves students so much that I believe he's going to send the biggest revival this campus has ever seen over the next couple of years. So what's our mission as a group? We can put it up on the screen here. Our mission is to give every UNI student an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And the reason we say give them an opportunity because we can't make people respond to the gospel, okay? So if you're out sharing your faith and people aren't giving their hearts to the Lord, you can't do anything about that. God is the one who saves people. So don't get discouraged. So give every student an opportunity to respond to the gospel and then become mature followers of Christ. Because we don't want just people to raise their hands on a Thursday night, or now Tuesday night, it's crazy, or I gotta get that change in my head, uh, or on a Tuesday night. But God wants them to come into our community and grow in their faith, to, to be mature followers of Christ. 
Our prayer is that each of the 12,000 students would be able to know the love of Jesus and within give their lives to make Jesus known. This is what we're made for as human beings. And this is what our group is made for. So there's a few ways we think we can accomplish this mission. I want you to take notes because this is our culture. This is what Kyle is about. So the first thing is this. To accomplish this mission, we have to be about discipleship. And what's that mean? Discipleship means we devote ourselves to becoming mature followers of Jesus. And we do this through three ways in Kyle. For the first thing is gospel-centered community. So it's always got to be centered around the gospel. The gospel is that, hey, each of us are infinitely flawed and sinful, but God's love is infinite as well. And it, God's love makes up for that sin, and he comes and pays the price on the cross so each of us can have hope and can have eternal salvation. So we center our community on the gospel. We don't judge people. We don't hate people. We love people just like God does. And we call people to be vulnerable and to share their sins so God can make them, or so God can make them new and God can heal them. The second thing is gospel-centered teaching. Every week at Chi Alpha, we wanna preach the gospel because that's our heart. That's what it's all about, people becoming sons and daughters of God. And the third thing is gospel-centered worship. So singing about the gospel and living our lives out in light of the gospel. So the second purpose of Chi Alpha, or the second thing that helps us accomplish our mission is fellowship. So fellowship is just a Christianese word for community. So we devote ourselves to deep relationships with each other. We don't want to just have superficial relationships. I don't want to talk about the weather with you. I'm sorry, I don't. Because God calls us to something deeper than that. True community where we can share life with each other. So three ways we do this. The first thing is we meet one-on-one. Small group leaders are going to meet with people one-on-one, and you guys can meet each other one-on-one as well and sharing life with each other, sharing our struggles or sharing our sins, talking about God, talking about what God's doing in our lives. The second thing is we meet in small groups. We believe that God does incredible things in a circle. God does cool things in rows, but God does even more incredible things in circles where it's a few people hanging out talking about Jesus. And the third thing is we party together in Jesus' name. Let's go. Amen. That's it. That's the whole sermon. All right. The third thing, so the third purpose is worship. We devote ourselves to worshiping God through our our lifestyles, through prayer and praise. So this is pretty simply put. The first thing is we live holy lives. We don't just take grace for granted and say, I'm going to do whatever or do whatever I want. We say, God loved me so much because he's loved me so much. I have to live like a son or daughter of God. And have to be like him because he loves me so much. How could I do anything else? So at Kaifa, we challenge people to live holy lives that they've been changed by the love of Jesus. The second thing is we pray our guts out. We pray. We believe that the atmosphere can change through prayer. We don't just believe, I'll pray a few prayers because God will love you if you pray the few prayers. No, we believe God has loved us so much that I want to pour my heart out to him and ask him to do even greater things in my midst. The third thing is we worship our guts out, or sing our guts out. So pray our guts out, sing our guts out. We're passionate. It's not about emotionalism, but God has created our emotions, so we're going to respond by giving our emotions to him. We're almost done with these. The fourth thing is ministry. We devote ourselves to serving and building up each other. We devote ourselves to serving and building up others. So we serve one another. That's through, or whether that be just helping a friend out or coming to Chi Alpha, being a part of the, or being a part of the welcome team or the worship team or the prayer team. 
We serve each other. We lay down our lives for each other. The Bible says that, that true love is laying down your life for your friends. And we believe God has called us to do that as a community. The second thing is we encourage each other. I want to be the most encouraging place on campus. I want to encourage the crap out of you, all right? You're awesome. Memory, stud muffin. Encouragement. Let's go. We need to encourage each other because the world is tearing us down, and this needs to be a place where we build each other up. In Jesus' name, come on. The third thing is we're vulnerable and real with each other. We don't have time to be fake. God knows everything about us, and we're not hiding anything from anybody. In this place, we're real with each other. Because like I said, outside these four walls, the world is calling us to be fake and act like we have it all together. But here we're real and vulnerable with each other. So the final way, the final way we accomplish our mission is through multiplication. We devote ourselves to bringing others into a right relationship with Jesus. This is the heartbeat of Chi Alpha. And we ever get our center off of trying to bring people into a right relationship with Jesus, that's the day we die. We cannot get inward focused, but, or but God calls us to focus on others, to love others, to bring them in to the kingdom. So three ways we do this. First thing is we have a heart to grow. We have faith that God wants us to grow. We love growing. We don't get mad when a new person comes. We're excited about it. It's not like, oh, they're ruining my club. No, God, thank you for sending another person into our group. We love growth. Second thing is we invite people to first belong and then become. We don't say, figure out your life and then you can come be a part of our family. No, we say, you belong, we love you. And then out of that, then people become mature followers of Christ. And finally, we preach the gospel. We preach the gospel. That's how God regenerates hearts and brings dead hearts to life. It's through the proclamation of the gospel. We preach the gospel. So these ways are the, are the ways we hope to reach our campus for Jesus. Through these five purposes. In my prayer is that each of you would join in on what God is doing on our campus and be a part of God's mission. My prayer is also that you would have faith that God can do the impossible. God is in the business of doing the impossible. I pray that tonight that God would awaken something within you and give you faith to believe for that. So look across this room real quick. Just look up the balcony. There's seats over here. It's pretty large. There's a ton of empty seats. Each of these seats represents the potential for God to touch another human being who's made in the image of God. For God to tell a student that he loves them, to give a student purpose, to call a student into relationship with God, which is what we were made for. I'm not gonna apologize for wanting to fill every seat in this room because I want every student on this campus to know Jesus. So tonight we're gonna talk about faith if you haven't guessed it yet. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 11. We're gonna have it up on the screen like always. We're gonna go to verse 20. And while you go into there in your Bible, I'm gonna pray for us. Jesus, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for this, this beautiful space, incredible worship. And God, we pray that you would touch each of our hearts tonight. God, I pray that no heart would leave this room without being touched by the presence of God and the love of God. Jesus, we love you so much. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, let's read verse 20 of chapter 11. As they passed by in the morning, 
So this is the, are the disciples and Jesus. They saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter, or Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has now withered. So just a little bit earlier in the chapter, Jesus sees a fig tree without fruit on it, and he's hungry, so he kind of gets ticked off. It's the one place in the Bible, well, there's a couple places, but it's one of the places in the Bible where Jesus is just ticked off. And he curses the fig tree because it had, or because it had no fruit. And so Peter here is just blown away. He's like, wow, the fig tree actually withered. Okay, when the Son of God curses a fig tree, it's going to die. But Peter was blown away. Wow, that is so cool. And Jesus responds. He says, have faith in God. So in other words, do you think that's cool? I'm about to do a lot more than that. Have faith in God. And in verse 23, truly I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that, or that what he says will come to pass, it will surely be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, and this is the key verse for tonight, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So or the main point tonight is this. The key to seeing our campus transformed by the love of Jesus is asking him to do it and believing that he's actually going to do it. It's a simple message. So I'm going to break that down into two points. The first thing is this. We must ask Jesus to transform our campus. We have to ask. If we want to see Jesus move at you and I, it starts with a desperation for him to do what we can't do on our own. We need to start asking God to move on our behalf. And we need to get desperate. When's the last time you were desperate for something? God is calling us to be desperate, for him to move. Because there's 11,000 students on this campus that do not have an active relationship with Jesus Christ. 11,000 out of the 12,000. That should cause us to get desperate for God to move. Because I want Jesus to have the victory on this campus, not Satan. I want all 12,000 to be Christians, saved by Jesus Christ. We need to ask Jesus to move. And it starts with him moving in our hearts first. God needs to birth passion and vision in our hearts for the campus. So we need to get close to Jesus and ask him to show us his heart for our friends. Because on my own, I'm not very compassionate towards my friends. That's just the way I am. But when Jesus stirs my heart, when I'm close to Jesus, all of a sudden I'm a lot more compassionate. And all of a sudden I actually want to reach out to my friends. So it starts with getting with Jesus and being in his presence so that his love just exudes off our lives. John 15, 5 says this. I'm the vine. So Jesus is the vine. He says, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So if you spend time with Jesus, if you're with Jesus, you'll bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus, if you want to do it on your own, if you want to try to manufacture something on this campus on your own, you're going to fail. I want the presence of Jesus with me. And that starts with getting close to him. We have to get connected to Jesus and ask him to move first in our hearts 
and then to move out to our campus. Apart from him, we can't do anything. Apart from a move of Jesus in our hearts, we cannot do anything on our campus. We need to ask Jesus to move in our hearts and then move in the lives of our friends. We need to ask Jesus to encounter our friends because if they don't have Jesus, they're going to hell. And not only that, it's not just about getting out of hell. If they don't have Jesus, they're gonna walk without purpose. They're gonna walk with hopelessness. They're gonna be in bondage to their sin. And Jesus wants to set the captives free. I believe that so many people on our campus are in bondage, but Jesus is about to set a lot of people free. But it starts with us asking Jesus to move in the life of our friends. We need to look at our campus every day. I encourage you to pray for our campus every day and look at it and refuse to accept the darkness and ask God to invade it with his light. Refuse to accept it. Say, as long as I'm here, I'm not accepting it. So Mark 11, 24 says this. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. We need to have faith in God and ask him to do, to do the incredible on our campus. We need to look at our campus and boldly ask God to move in the life of our friends. We need to ask him to do the impossible. We need to get into our secret place. So that could be, you know, your closet. If you're in a dorm, you just like close the curtain, you're in the closet. It could be the bathroom. Well, that's not a secret place here either. So find a secret place. It's really hard as or someone living in the dorms. You know, if you have to drive out of town, whatever, find a secret place and ask Jesus to move on our behalf. Let's ask God to change the atmosphere on our campus. That song says, the atmosphere is changing now. I've sensed it already. The atmosphere is changing, but we need to continue to beg and plead for God to change the atmosphere. Because I want people to say, okay, when, I, or when my kid goes to you and I, you know, a lot of people think, oh, they're gonna get drug into the party scene, you know, drug into whatever. But I want parents across our state to say that. When my kid goes to you and I, they're gonna become Jesus followers. Because that campus is on fire. Think about that. Think about if you and I was known for everyone who comes here becomes a Jesus follower because the love of God is just exuding all over our campus. The love of God is impacting hearts all over our campus. And there's Christians who aren't gonna accept it or just accept, hey, I'm gonna go to church, go home, read my Bible by myself. I'm not gonna tell anybody about it. But Christians who refuse to accept that and get out of their seats, take the church outside the four walls, begin to tell their friends that Jesus loves you. Jesus has a purpose for your life. I believe God wants to do that. We gotta ask Jesus to change the atmosphere. Ephesians 6 says that, or says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is not just against earthly things, but it's also spiritual. There's a darkness that fights to take the students on our campus. And we must storm heaven with our prayers to push back the darkness. Jesus is in the business of pushing back the darkness and doing the impossible in the lives of people who are far from him. So how many of you in this room know who Elizabeth Campbell is? Probably a lot of you. Wow. That's the impact she's had on this campus. So she graduated in December. She made a huge impact for the kingdom of God when she was a student at UNI. She's not here, so I'm not saying this to make her feel good. She's incredible. When she was a freshman, she got involved with Chi Alpha. She was at that first service, so there's 18 people there. And she was one of our core leaders right away. She had a friend named Rachel Steckman. She sang tonight with the hat on, she's like right there. 
So she had a friend named Rachel, and many of you know her as Rachel McClellan. And Rachel was, was just living her life far from God and was even opposed to him at times. And she has a Jewish grandfather, so it's tough to recognize that Jesus is the only way. Her, her, her Christian friends would tell her about Jesus, but she often brushed it off or sometimes got irritated. But Elizabeth believed that God could do the impossible. She prayed for that girl every night. And I remember thinking, you prayed a lot, it's probably not going to happen. That's just my bad faith as a freshman, okay? So don't judge me for it. It was five years ago, six years ago. So five years ago. So, but she believed. She said, God is going to do the impossible in Rachel's life. I just know it. At the end of her freshman year, Rachel came to Kyle for service and gave her heart to the Lord, set free from the party lifestyle, set free from so many things. She, right, or so she went from being opposed to Jesus to being one of the most passionate people for Jesus that I've ever met. It's all because someone dared to believe that God could do the impossible. So my question for you is, who are you praying for? I don't care if you're a freshman, you can pray for people. Don't wait for the juniors or seniors to pray for them. Who are you praying for? And what are you asking God to do on our campus? Is there a close friend who you love deeply that you want Jesus to touch? Do you, do you want to see Jesus fill this room? Or do you like having a small club? Do you want to see Jesus fill this room? We have to ask ourselves that question because if we don't actually want it, we're not going to pray for it. Do you want to see students on this campus come to know Jesus? It starts with getting alone with him and asking him to move and to do the impossible, to move on our behalf, to do what only he can do. We can't reach people on our own. We need the power of God. We need the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, start now. Start interceding this summer for God to move in the life of your friends. You have a lot of friends probably at this point. It's at the end of the year, or at least two friends, or one maybe. Okay, maybe none, but I hope you have a few. And if you don't, I'll be your friend. So there you go. You can pray for me. But I think you know people on campus at least. You have a roommate. Pray for someone. I encourage you, get a list of five names and pray for them every day this summer. Pray that Jesus would do the impossible because people need Jesus. That's the purpose of life. If you're a Christian and Jesus changed your heart, how could you hoard that and not pray for your friends to taste that same love? Start praying now. So asking is critical to seeing God move on our campus. But it's not just about asking. It's not just about praying. It's also about actually believing that Jesus will do it. So the second point is this. We must believe that Jesus will transform our campus. So throw Mark 11, 22, and 23 up there. I just want you to look at that. And notice here that Jesus doesn't just tell us to tell the mountain to move. He doesn't say, just say, hey, mountain, move. He tells us not to doubt in our heart. It's not just asking, but it's also believing and not doubting. He tells us to truly believe that the things we're praying for will come to pass. He says, believe for whatever you ask for in prayer and you will receive. So we must not only ask God to move on our campus through devoted prayer, but we have to actually believe that God will do it. Do you believe God wants to save this campus? I do. Do you believe it? It's time to start believing. Jesus wants to do it. I know it. Jesus wants to send the greatest revival this campus has ever seen. I know it. Do you believe it? 
Blind faith cannot force God to do anything. But faith that believes that God will do things that are actually in his will can move God's heart. So John 14, 13 says this. It's a similar verse. It says, whatever you ask in my name, so he adds in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So notice Jesus says, whatever you ask for in my name, this I will do. Jesus doesn't say, you know, whatever you ask for, it could be anything, I'll do it. He says, whatever you ask for in my name, I will do. So in ancient times, someone's name reflected their character. So if you're praying in the name of Jesus, that just doesn't mean that you say, in Jesus' name at the end, God, give me Lamborghini in Jesus' name. No, it's praying for things that are in the character of God, that are in his will. Do you think Jesus wants to save students across this campus? And give them a new beginning? I think he does. Jesus wants to give students hope and purpose. So we can pray with confidence in his name for God to transform our campus. He wants to do it. God's just looking for people who are willing to partner with him and to actually believe that he will do what he says he'll do. So when we pray and ask God to move on our campus, and in our friends' lives. We need to believe with all that we have that he will do it. So Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his his love for us in that, that, or while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God loves this campus so much. Think about how much you love this campus, and maybe you're like, I don't love it at all. But God loves it way more. God loves every student who walks these halls, every student who sleeps in these dorms. God loves every student on the hill. God loves every student. God loves each of us so much that at the same time that each of us were sinners and rebellious towards God and ungrateful and dead in our sins, he sent his own son to die on the cross for us. This is off the charts. That's how much God loves us, and that's how much he loves this campus. God wants to transform the atmosphere on this campus and the destinies of the students who attend here. And he's calling us to partner with him and to believe and to bring the hope of the gospel to the campus. Students are searching for love in all the wrong places, and Jesus is desperate to step in and show them true meaning. But that takes someone going and sharing with their mouths about Jesus to them. It takes us being obedient to the call of God to go and make disciples and share Jesus with other people. It takes us using our lips and also actually living lives that are devoted to God. And we must believe it so much that it's not just an intellectual belief, but it's a belief that actually flows out into action. True belief causes you to do something about your belief. James 2, 17 and 18 says this. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, hey, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith. So James is responding. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Put your money where your mouth is. That's what James is saying. Saying, I'll show you my faith by my works. We need to show our faith and belief 
and God's purposes on this campus by taking action and going all out for his kingdom. If we truly believe in our hearts that Jesus wants to change this campus, and that gives us a little bit more confidence to go share our faith because we know that Jesus wants to do it. We know that Jesus loves the students that we're sharing our faith with. That gives us confidence because God wants to do it. God wants to save students from their sins. God wants to heal people of diseases. God wants to free people from addictions. Do you believe it? Come on. God wants to do it. But we have to be obedient. We have to partner with God. I want you to think about this for a second. If you live on campus, and this isn't to guilt you, it's just to motivate you. Think about the students on your floor. I just want to ask you, don't answer this, but just answer it in your heart. How many of those students have you shared your faith with this year? Next year, come on, let's, be, let's say every student. I share my faith with every student on my, camp, or on my floor. Because if we're honest, most of us didn't share our faith with anybody on our floor. That's going to change, though. But we have to get God's heart for students. We have to know that God wants to do it. So if God wants to do it, that gives us confidence. Gives us confidence to not fear man, but to only fear God and say, God, you have my back. God, you're calling me to do this. I'm going to be obedient. We have to get desperate, though. We have to get desperate to share our faith with people. Four years ago, a transfer student came into Chi Alpha with cerebral palsy. His cerebral palsy caused him to walk with a limp and also caused him to not have independent, or, to not have independent, uh, or movement in his fingers. So kind of like this, okay? So this guy's name was Kyle, and he got saved at, our, I think, our last Kyle of the service of the year, that first year, 2011, 2012. And I was kind of worried because you get saved right before summer. I'm like, you know, what's going to happen over summer? Is he going to actually come back? That's a long time to pass, you know, for follow-up. He came back that fall, and he came to fall retreat. And at fall retreat, there's a group of guys, I can still remember it vividly, that came around Kyle and prayed for him to be healed. And boom, like that, started moving his finger separately. That's just the beginning, though. That's just a little bit. You know, Josh Hance has been going around praying for people all over campus the last couple weeks. Like, he's probably prayed for 30-some people. Like, it's nuts. Like, I'm trying to just, you know, work out at the weight room. He's like, come pray for this dude. Come pray for this guy. He's on fire. Josh has gotten to see someone get healed this year. But that's just the beginning. And each of us can do it. Each of us can have the boldness to pray for our friends each of us can do it. God doesn't just choose special people. All of you have it in you. If you have the spirit of God inside of you, then you're capable of bringing the hope, bringing the hope of the gospel to all the students on this campus that you come across with and, for, and to pray for people to get healed. It's not about us. It's not about our power or strength. It's about God's power. And that's why God healed Kyle. And that's why God's gonna heal so many more people. It's not about us. It's about him. And I know God wants to do it. God doesn't just want to heal people of diseases, but God wants to heal people's hearts. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? God wants to heal people's hearts. So many people are depressed and lost. God wants to bring hope to them, to, 
to invade dark spaces with the light of the gospel. So to see God transform this campus, first we, or we have to get the truth that God loves every student and wants to make them brand new. Secondly, you have to pray like you mean it for God to move. And third, you've got to get up and move and do something about it. Because true belief always flows out into action. If you really believe it, it'll flow out into action. So we got to go. we got to move. And we got to do something about this great truth that Jesus wants to transform our campus. We must seek to set people free from condemnation by sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. John 8.32 says this. It says, truth sets people free. Truth sets people free. And I know that truth isn't very popular in our culture, but I'm telling you, people want truth. Because truth is the pathway to freedom. People want truth on our campus. And we need to share the truth of God's love with each student. We need to share that Jesus knows everything about you. He knows all your flaws, all your sins. And he still loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. We need to share that Jesus has a destiny for your life. We need to get out and share the truth of Jesus so that God can set people free. So I want freedom to reign on this campus. I want God to set people free. We must seek to, or to also bind broken hearts by loving people on this campus. Or it's not love with strings attached, but just true love for people because Jesus loved us. We're not loving them because they're a project, but no, we're loving them just because they're made in the image of God and God calls us to love them. God wants us to go bind broken hearts by loving people on this campus, telling people, hey, hey, dude, I love you. Like most guys will never hear that from a friend. Encourage each other. Build each other up. God wants to call us to be the most encouraging group on campus, to love people, to help bind broken hearts. We must battle depression and suicide on our campus as we've seen this year by sharing that God has a purpose for the life of every student on this campus. He has a purpose for you. You're not done yet. As long as you're still breathing, God has a purpose. He's not done with you yet. We gotta share that truth that God loved each of us before the foundation of the world, before, or before we were ever even thought of. Long before our great-great-grandparents were born, before the foundation of the world, God loved you. We need to share that with people. And we must fight the power of sin on our campus by sharing that Jesus wants to not only forgive us for our past, but give us a hope for the future and set us free from the bondages on our life, from the chains on our lives. It doesn't matter if it's alcoholism, if it's greed, bitterness, pornography. Jesus is in the business of setting people free from the bondage of sin. Do you believe that God wants to move on our campus? That's my question for you. It's something to take home this summer to ask yourself, do I really believe it? And then start praying for it. Get the truth in your bones that God wants to change this campus and come back this fall fired up. The worship team will come up. We'll have the prayer team over here. Start over here. So the prayer team comes up here. And, and if you feel led to come up and get prayer from Josh or Jessica and come up, they'll be right here. So the main point tonight is this. The key to seeing our campus transformed by the love of God is asking Jesus to do it 
believing that he will do it. It's both asking and believing. So don't just ask for it without belief. But don't just believe it and not ask. You gotta do both. Get desperate. Start asking God to change the atmosphere on our campus. Start praying for five people every day that don't know Jesus. Pray for them by name. Pray purpose over their life. Pray love over their life. Pray destiny over their life. Pray freedom over their lives. We gotta start asking him and we gotta start believing it. And I recognize that each of you are at different places in your journey. Some of you have been a part of the story of God's movement on this campus. And there's others of you who are here for the first time just checking this out. Some of you know Jesus and some of you don't. I pray that before anything else, each of you would encounter the love of Jesus tonight. If you doubt God's love for you, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that God loves you. God knows everything you've done. God's seen the dirtiest thoughts you've ever had, the most evil thoughts you've ever had. And he still loves you. God's seen your rebellion against him. And even for some of you, maybe your hatred towards him, but he still loves you. God has a purpose for your life. Each of us have rebelled against God and the penalty for our sin is death. It says Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. But Jesus came, Jesus didn't leave us there, condemned to death, caught up in our sin. No, Jesus didn't leave us there, but Jesus came and stood in our place, paid our penalty so that each of us wouldn't have to pay the price for our sins. And all we have to do now is just trust in Jesus, believe that he will save us. And God does something supernatural. When we trust in him, he makes our dead hearts come to life. And if you're in this room tonight and you don't know Jesus or you've walked away from him, tonight's your night. God has you here for a reason. We've been praying for you. God has you here for a reason. God wants to break through every barrier that you built up in your heart. Like maybe you haven't even felt like real emotion for a long time. God wants to break through that and he just wants to squeeze your heart and say, I love you. Take your heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. Jesus wants to do that tonight. All you have to do is trust him. Say, Jesus, I trust in your sacrifice. I put my faith in you. God, I wanna be part of your story. God, I wanna be your son. God, I wanna be your daughter. It's all it takes. I believe that God brought you here tonight for a purpose. Do you guys stand with me? If we want to be a part of what God is doing and is going to do, all I can say to you tonight is let's go. John Griffin, let's go. Let's go. What are you waiting for? Let's go. I want you to do this one more time. Take a second and look around at all the empty seats. Just look one more time. Each of these seats represents a student who needs Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life. So if you multiply the total seats in this room by 13, that's how many students actually need Jesus on this campus. 
So to reach every student who's living their life far from God. Guys, we'd have to have 13 services in here on a Tuesday night. I don't know about you, but I believe that God can at least do it once. I believe with everything I have that God can at least say one thirteenth of those students. And I believe he's gonna do much more than that. We serve a big God. We serve a huge God. But the problem is, is God's looking for people to have faith and to believe that he can still move mountains. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God can do the impossible first in your life and then in the life of your friends? Do you believe it? Because I'm here to tell you tonight that God is still alive, that Jesus rose from the dead and he can do it. If Jesus defeated death, then he can defeat the bondage on our campus. He can push back the darkness, but it takes people partnering with him. I believe that the best is yet to come. This is why we're making room for more. This is why we're launching out with 10 small groups. This is why we're moving here in November because, because we believe that God's not done. He's just getting started and he's about to blow our minds. God has put a mission on our hearts to reach the 12,000 students on this campus. And we're going to give our all to see it happen. I'm giving every ounce of my effort to it. So let's do it. Let's go. Let's be the people of God at UNI. Let's set the captives free. Let's proclaim the gospel, the best news the world has ever heard, that Jesus loves our lost and dying friends, even when they're difficult, Jesus loves them and has a purpose for their life. Let's go out and love the unlovable. Let's bind broken hearts. Let's heal the broken. But if we wanna do this, we gotta get on our knees. We gotta get desperate. We gotta ask God to do it. And we have to believe in our hearts that the same God that rose Jesus from the dead can do the impossible here in Cedar Falls. The same God's alive today. We have to get so desperate. We have to get so hungry about God's purpose that each of us are willing to lay down our lives. Are you that hungry? Are you that desperate to lay down your life for God's purpose on this campus? I'm hungry. The best is yet to come. Do you believe it? Come on, let's go. Jesus, we love you.